Did you know that God really only has one law? So many religious factions have different instructions, rules, and regulations. But the only law that really matters is love. God's Only Law with host Bill Cohen shares that one true law. Here's Bill. This love story is built on God's law of love, which he fully describes in the Bible. The Bible is a collection of 66 books written by some 40 authors over 1,500 years. Nothing less than a miracle could cause 40 writers spread over 1,500 years to write such a cohesive work. In 2 Timothy, we are told God inspired this work. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. God also asks each of us to reason with his word for ourselves. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightfully dividing the word of God. God wants us to challenge everything we read and hear, including what we think we read in the Bible. So in 1 John, he tells us, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are from God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. And in 1 Thessalonians, prove all things, hold fast that which is good. Every verse in the Bible teaches us something about God his love, and or our rebellion. The Bible is not a list of do's and don'ts. It is God describing his law of love and our rebellion. It is humanity that keeps making up law lists of do's and don'ts. We are the ones rebelling against God's simple law of love, and we keep trying to get others to do what we want them to do. God gave us the Bible to help us understand the difference between loving unconditionally and trying to force others to love us, or worse, Obey us because we want to be their God. The Bible teaches us how to become humble and unselfish, to care for others more than we care for ourselves. So we learn from Jesus in John, This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. If we do not understand God's unselfish love, how will we ever choose to live it? Wait, didn't God give us the Ten Commandments and all the Mosaic laws? Aren't there 613 laws in the Torah? It appears so, but are they all really from God? Not exactly. Because we would not accept his simple law of love, God had Moses bring us the Ten Commandments in Exodus and Jesus the Beatitudes in Matthew. And we have responded by hardening our hearts and creating an uncountable number of unnecessary laws. Those who produce these unnecessary laws want us to feel like a society of lawbreakers, which generates a hostile atmosphere of fear, guilt, and foreboding. Then they layer in the idea of scarcity to heighten societal anxiety. The laws we have created are not intended to save us, only to control us. Those try to control us want us to think we are running out of water, air quality is eroding, and we are losing the ability to protect ourselves from viruses and people who wish to harm us. These illusions weaken our resolve and leave us the with the feeling of fear and helplessness. Then they purport themselves to be the answer which only leads us away from God's path to eternity. God's law of love is the only law we need, and when we are living it, we become selfless, giving and sharing, which produces an attitude of peace and plenty, and results in the fruit of an ever-increasing number of good works pouring out of us. He told us in Ephesians, For we are his workmanship, 
created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. This is how his law of love shines his light, drawing others to him, as it did for that first century church that we are told about in Hebrews. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. We learn in Philippians that we can have this attitude of plenty because God will provide for all of our needs. But my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory by Jesus Christ. This is why the first century church grew from the 500 who witnessed Jesus' ascension to over one-third of the Roman Empire, even though they were being persecuted and killed. In Matthew, Jesus helps us understand how the hardening of our hearts leads us away from his love and toward the creation of our own laws, many of which we attribute to God, such as divorce. They say unto him, Why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and put her away? He said unto them, Moses, because of the hardening hardness of your hearts, suffered you to put away your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. Notice he said that Moses suffered you, not God, and from the beginning it was not so. There is There was no divorce in the garden, and it is not part of the Ten Commandments. It has no place in God's law of love. In Mark, Jesus tells us we have chosen to teach the doctrines of men, including the 613 laws of the Torah, rather than his simple commandment of love. How be it in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. For laying aside the commandment of God, ye hold the tradition of men, as the washing of pots and cups, and many other such things ye do. And he said unto them, Full well ye reject the commandment of God, that ye may keep your own tradition. Notice he said, laying aside the commandment of God, commandment, not commandments. We do not need the 616, 613 laws in the Torah, many of which we have created, if we live his law of love, because he does not care how we wash our parts, only how we love each other. God continues to protect his word from those who would change it or attempt to keep the rest of us from understanding it, as he told us in the Psalms. The words of the Lord are pure words as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. This is why God called a wealthy merchant, Peter Waldo, to give up his property in 1175 to create the poor men of Lyon. They would come to be called the Waldensians, and they dedicated their lives to distributing handwritten copies of parts of the Bible translated into local languages. But unfortunately, the church leaders were prohibiting the translation of the Bible because they were too busy adding burdens to the common man's life, like the selling of indulgences. Moreover, these church leaders hated the Waldensians for challenging the, the church's departure from Scripture. And as part of the Inquisition initiated by Pope Lucius III in 1184, the church branded the Waldensians heretics and began hunting them down, killing thousands of them. One day the church trapped 3,000 Waldensians in a cave, built a fire at the cave entrance, and suffocated them all. God wants us to understand that the Ten Commandments are nothing more than a clarification of his law of love in a few areas of our lives. As an example, Moses pointed to God's love by giving us the short version of killing in Exodus, thou shalt not kill. But in the Beatitudes, Jesus went deeper in Matthew. Ye have heard that it was said of them of old time, thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. 
But I say unto you, that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever saith unto his brother Raka shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. Being angry with our brother means we are judging, and it will not lead to our forgiveness. Until we realize Jesus came to help us understand God's word, we will be lost in Pharisee-like interpretations, arguing about the meaning behind the original Greek and Hebrew words, the correct number of books in the Bible, or debating the 613 laws of the Torah. We must listen if we want to understand. So in Second Timothy, he tells us, But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes, and the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient. So, the Bible is God's love letter to us. It explains His law of love, the fact that His love is unconditional, and that He will not force us to love Him. This is why, in 1 Corinthians, He asks us to reason with His word for ourselves, until we settle the issue of our own belief in our own hearts and minds, which will lead us then to Jesus. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Then we can understand why Jesus asks us in Matthew to repent. From that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and in Luke to share his love. And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And to preach his gospel to the uttermost part of the earth in Matthew. Go ye therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded unto you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world." Amen. Next week, we will continue this love story by examining what God told us about Jesus' two appearances. God wants us to test every part of the story, for he is not looking for lukewarm followers, only truth seekers who are looking for his perfect love. Comments, opposing opinions, and suggestions for future topics are all welcome. Just send me an email, bill at reasoningwithgod.com. May the blessings of God overwhelm your week.